Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Ooh, into the future of now. That's my co-producer, Ryan Treasure. I love that now, now, now. Welcome. I'm going to try not to sing a little song to open the show today. Those of you who, I won't say are boomers like me, but I just said it, might remember this. How much is that doggy in the window? The one with the waggly tail. How much is that doggy in the window? I do hope that doggy's for sale. My voice teacher wouldn't be too mad at me for that. 1953. Reached number one. Patty Page sang it much better than I could. It reached number one on the Billboard and Cashbox charts. It sold more than two million copies. And then a woman named Lita Rosa sang it in the UK. She got to number one, the first woman in Britain to reach a number one chart-topping song. And it was the first song with a question mark in the title to ever reach number one. That sort of sets us up for the topic today. But now let me get more serious. I have a quote, a couple of quotes from an article in USA Today. So listen up. Pet adoptions. So we're not talking about selling. We're talking about adoptions. Pet adoptions are way up amid the coronavirus crisis, even with shelters closed to the public. That's the first quote. Let me read a little more. Like everyone else forced to improvise in the face of an unprecedented crisis, America's animal shelters are coming up with creative ways to stay, quote unquote, open so they can continue pairing pets and people. Americans are rushing Well, not to their local shelters, but to their phones and their laptops to check out available pets, to donate money and supplies, to share the word on social media about rescuing homeless balls of furry fun. I like that. Appointment only and call ahead adoptions, drive up fostering and curbside adoptions, online training, at-home volunteer projects are some of the solutions to help care for vulnerable animals during the pandemic. Wow. So we're talking about pets. We're talking about adoptions. We're talking about technology. It's a big topic. We're going to try and get our arms and our paws around it. I have four wonderful panelists today. They're all pet lovers and adopters, and they're all actors. And thank you to old lady who was on a couple weeks ago with me, Laurie Hamill, New York City-based actor. I've known her for years. She's been on my TV and radio shows. And Laurie assembled this panel. So we will have Lori Hamill, we'll have Samantha B. Northart, they'll all introduce themselves, Neil Mayer and Shirley Ann Kalajian. I got that right, Shirley Ann. For their take on how much is that doggy in the window, technology and the future of pet adoptions. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I forgot the fourth welcome. Welcome. There we go. Lori Hamill, you're up first. Please introduce yourself briefly in case there's one person in our worldwide listening audience who doesn't know you already. Lori, give us a brief bio of your acting career and then tell us what does this topic mean to you? How much do you love adopting pets? Go ahead, Lori. Hi. Well, I'm so happy to be here, Bonnie. First of all, thank thank you you so much for having us today. And I'm so glad this topic is up because I know it's near and dear to all of our hearts. And uh, I'm an actress in New York City. I did a lot of stage, including Broadway. And now I'm mostly working in television and film and voiceovers. I love doing all of that. It's just a real joy. And also, I've written a couple of books for actors, so that's been really fun, too. Um, I, this topic is near and dear to my heart because we have two little kitties that aren't kitties anymore, but they're big and grown up and I love them so much. And, um, we got them from a wonderful rescue center out here in Queens in New York and it's called Four Animals Inc. F-O-R-A-N-I-M-A-L-S Inc. Dot com and people can find that online. Um, but the reason I'm talking about them is because of, of the joy that I have with these two rescue cats that have just made my heart sing. And even though they're a pain in the butt sometimes because, you know, they're <laughs> rascals, that who would have it any other way, right? Uh, they just bring so much joy. And I have to say, especially during this time, you know, yeah. it's so wonderful to have these two loving beings in our space that we just adore. So the other thing I just want to say is that originally we were just going to get one cat, and then they their policy is you got to get two because um, they need com- they need a companion. 
um, didn't know that. And I'm so <laughs> glad we did because they have each other. They're the only two that are of that species in the house, and they really are happy to see each other. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, and I love these guests. These people are so wonderful. Um, just so happy to be here. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you, on. Lori. And I want to tell you, when I was looking for images to use on Twitter, I know uh, Samantha is on Twitter at We Are the Pup Pals. I got that right, Samantha. I, I didn't find Twitter handles for the, the others of you, but I found a picture on Unsplash, Lori. Unsplash.com is where I get my images for tweeting. And I just happened to pick a picture of it. It looks like an, an antique mantelpiece above a fire, way up at the top of, near a ceiling. And there were two cats looking at the camera and one is a dark cat on the left and a white cat on the right. And they're just looking out at you like, well, what do you want from me? And now I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe you sent me this picture, and I thank you for that very much. Let's move around the table. We want to get to know our other three panelists. Samantha B. Northart, welcome to Technology Revolution. Tell us about your acting career a little bit and mostly about your love of pets and what you're doing with adoption. Samantha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us here today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such an important topic, and uh, you know, anytime I get to talk about my fur friends is a good day for me. So, <laughs> um, I'm glad. I started as a musical theater actress and uh, worked in 20 plus different countries, singing around the world uh, on various stages around the country, and uh, kind of transitioned into TV and film when I moved here to New York, which seems kind of counterintuitive when you choose between LA and New York, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, once I got here and started working more on film and TV, um, I had already been working in the rescue community uh, as a foster and rescuer and animal advocate for well over a decade. And I, I really saw a need for um, what our industry could do to help animals. Um, and so we slowly created what is now uh, the nonprofit Pup Pals that helps rescue and foster dogs around the country get adopted faster using video um, and it really just gives you an opportunity to see some of these, what we call highly adoptable but overlooked, the animals mm-hmm. that are wonderful, wonderful companions uh, that are just looking for their perfect forever home. And sometimes it's hard to see in a shelter situation or just from a picture or a bio. I mean, it, it's great to know, like, they like to run around and play with a ball. But when you see a video of them interacting with people and other dogs and, and see what the quirks of that specific animal are, it really helps you prepare better for a lifetime adoption, a forever adoption. So that's what we've been working on. <laughs> Samantha, so nice to meet you, and I admire your passion for this and your work, and I know we're going to have a lot to hear from you when we get to the predictions part of the show. So thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be with us, and now let's move one more seat around the table to, I can't call him Mr. Mayor, it's Neil Mayer, and I promised I wouldn't say that because that's not the show. <laughs> Neil, N-E-A-L, let's start with that, Neil Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. Welcome. Neil, tell us a little bit about your background. I see some me your Broadway titles in your bio, sir, and tell us what you have to do with animal rescue and adoption. Go ahead, Neil. Sure thing. Hi, Bonnie. It's so nice to meet you, and it's Thank great you. being here with these panelists because I'm actually very good friends with all of the other panelists, too. We've known each other for quite a long time. Uh, I am an actor living in New York City. I've done everything from Broadway, where I was in Les Miserables. I've toured the country with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, done a lot of regional work, uh, done TV work like um, sketches for Jimmy Fallon. But what I'm here to talk Mm. about today is really my passion, and it is animal rescue. Uh, Anyway, almost two months ago, as our current COVID-19 crisis was settling in, I realized that a lot of jobs in the acting field were being canceled, and I was going to have some time on my hands. Our last rescue dog, Lola, had passed away around six months before, and as I was looking on Facebook, I saw a post from my friend, Samantha, who's here with us today, Mm -hmm. and uh, saw that there was a real need for fosters at this time. I connected with her and a great group called Louie's Legacy to put in an application to foster a dog. And uh, since my husband and I had experience with larger dogs, particularly pit bulls and pit mixes, we were quickly put in touch with a dog at the nearby Yonkers Animal Shelter. And that is an amazing shelter, by the way. It's the little Mm -hmm. shelter that could. They do everything they can for animals. And there was a sweet pit named Rosie there who had been abandoned and had been hit by a car. 
and mm. she had to have her leg amputated on February oh. 5th, and the kind people at that shelter had been nursing her back to health. But because of COVID-19, the shelter was being closed to all their volunteers and adopters, and the only way out was for rescue groups to come in and pull out dogs and foster them. So mm. we said we'd run up there and be fosters for Rosie, and we uh, took her out of there and immediately went on a walk through Van Cortland Park with her, which turned into a run because her three <laughs> legs didn't stop her at all. She is just so courageous and loving, and uh, she can run faster than any dog I've ever had before. Uh, and pretty soon we realized that Rosie needed to be part of our family forever. So within a week, we adopted Rosie, and she's been the wonderful silver lining during quarantine. What a beautiful story. I mean, I'm smiling and the tears are rolling down my cheeks, Neil. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to your predictions in a little while in the show. Let's go one more stop around the table to Shirley Ann Kalajian. And I'm going to spell your last name. If anybody wants to look you up, K-A-L-A-D. J-I-A-N. There, and I said it right. I put it all in phonetics for myself. Shirley Ann, welcome to Technology Revolution. Please introduce yourself and tell us about your your love for pets. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, and uh, I, I would like to reiterate what my so a couple of my dear friends said, how grateful I am to be uh, with them, uh, Neil and Lori, and my new friends, Bonnie and Samantha. Hello. Um, uh, <laughs> I can almost I can almost see Lori's apartment from across the courtyard. Um, so uh, I have been an actress for a very very long time. I haven't done Broadway, but I've done off Broadway musicals, operettas. Uh, classical theater, national tours, international tours, and then segueing into commercials, TV, film, uh, and improv. So um, that's what I had been up to uh, prior to COVID-19. And my family adopted our dog, uh, Emerald, four years ago Mm -hmm. uh, from North Shore Animal League. And adoption was, and a rescue was uh, the perfect idea for our family because our son was also adopted. So um, that was something that was going to be happening in our family. Um, And our dog, Emerald, um, was everything that we said we didn't want, but everything that it turned out that we needed. Um, my son wanted a boy, a, a, you know, a male dog. We said right. no puppies, no big dogs, uh, and no pit bull mixes. And she is a large pit bull mix female, and she was a puppy when we adopted her. Um, so, and it worked out perfectly for us. Um, over the years, you know, we have grown to to be madly in love with each other and especially right now she is uh she is exactly uh the right thing she is a large living breathing stuffed animal that we can all hug and lay on and roll around with and so how lovely thank you thank you for sharing that emerald we have an emerald we have a rosie Lori. what are the names of your your cats sunny and lucky Sunny and Lucky, so we have Emerald, Rosie, Sunny, and Lucky. And Samantha, you want to toss a couple of names into the mix here? Uh, well, we just got our most recent foster prince adopted by a wonderful family. So he's, he's our most recent fur baby. And my parents have a, a foster fail, that we call it, <laughs> Della, who is a, is a permanent fixture in our family now. How lovely. Thank you. I, I don't have uh, pets, but I will tell you that I'm a grandma to two grand puppies. My daughter and her husband uh, got from a breeder. It, it, quick, interesting story, because I want to get to the opening quotes here. These are Australian Labradoodles, and Amos was the first to join their family, uh, and they were invited to see the whole, uh, the whole uh, what do you call it, the, the brood, the breed, the, the whole group of puppies, uh, and, and the family decided who interacted best with each puppy, and that's who they allowed them to, they sold them basically, to adopt the pets that got along best with the families that were looking at them. So it was a match of personalities, which worked out great. But after two years, they figured that Amos was kind of lonely. So they went back to the breeder, and the breeder said, well, we have a little puppy who is with a couple that has to move into an assisted living area, and they won't be able to allow to have a pet. And this puppy, who is named Jake, is the uncle of Amos, but Jake is one and Amos is three. 
three now. So somehow along the breeding line, it seems that Amos was somehow in the line with the same father as Jake. And that's how Jake, the younger one, is the uncle of Amos. I don't even know. But he's chocolate and he's adorable and he jumps up on everything. They had to put extra gates around the house and, and they love to run around the couch. And oh, they're they're adorable. So I have two grand puppies and that's my, my link. They don't live with me, but they're nearby. So I'm, I'm delighted to have them in my life and they're very lovable. And when they hear Grandma Bonnie's coming, they run to the back door and wait for me. So if I'm on the phone or if I'm on Zoom or FaceTime, they hear my voice and they think I'm in the house and they keep looking for me, which is really cute. But we got a show to get on with. And you know what? Before we get to the quotes, uh, Lori, let's do your quote first. And then I, I have an advertiser I want to announce in a minute. So this is the part of the show where I've asked my panelists to spend a little time before we got on the air. Send me a quote, a future-focused quote, and uh, we're going to see what Lori sent. And it's not about the topic specifically, but something they like. So Lori has sent us a quote from a song called The Rainbow Connection. It's from the 1979 film The Muppet Movie. Music and lyrics by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher, performed by Kermit the Frog, played by Jim Henson. It reached number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 in November of that year and stayed in the top 40 for seven weeks. And it got an Academy Award for Best Original Song at the 52nd Academy Awards. That's enough. So here is the line. Someday we'll find it. The Rainbow Connection. The Lover's the dreamers, and me. See, Lori, I wasn't tempted to sing that one. I didn't want to do damage. So, Lori, what do you take about two minutes to tell me how you picked this quote? We love it. Well, it's um, people talk about the Rainbow Bridge, which is this idea that where yes. your fur babies are, that there's, uh, when they pass away, that there's a bridge, that there's an idea that you'll see them again. And uh, it just, when I think about how much I love our little rescue guys, um, losing them is something I never even want to imagine. But I think of this idea, this sweet idea of this, of this rainbow bridge, and that you'll that they bring so much love to my life, and I just feel like I treasure them. And so mm-hmm. I just want this idea that I would be together with them. Um, they're, they're the most sweet, innocent. Um, mischievous, loving um, kinds of, you know, creatures that you could possibly have. And I wanted cats for so many years. And because I was touring a lot, I wasn't able to have cats. So it wasn't actually until I got married and I had a little more stability in my schedule that I was able to get cats. So this was a really big deal for me to be able to take the responsibility of having animals because I never want to be somebody who has to just, you know, pawn them off to other people. And um, this, so this has just really created such a great space in my life. And I just love that quote because it kind of brings tears to my eyes yes. how much they mean to us, that, but that we would see them again. So that's why I, someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. And I can't sing like Kermit, but I can sing like me. And uh, I also sing to my cats sometimes, but they don't really like it that much. That was lovely. Thank you. At least you didn't make me sing it. I appreciate that. Okay. Now it's time for me to welcome our sponsor, and then we'll get on. Samantha, you're next up with the quote. So welcome to our sponsor. They've been with us a couple weeks now, ExpressVPN. So let me tell you about them. Being stuck at home these days, uh, you probably don't think much anymore about Internet privacy on your own home network. Do you believe that if you fire up something called incognito mode on your browser, no one can see what you're doing? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity still can be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, don't we all try that from time to time, your internet service provider or ISP can still see every single website you've ever visited. Uh Uh-oh. That's why even at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP cannot see the sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. Get the idea? That means everything you do is anonymized and cannot be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption. You deserve nothing less than that, so your information is always protected. Use the Internet with confidence from your computer, your tablet, your smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button 
And voila, you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market, rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So here's the call to action. Protect your online activity today with the VPN we trust to secure our privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash techrev. I'm going to spell all that for you. And you can get an extra three months free, F-R-E-E, with a one-year package. So it's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V. P-N, altogether, dot com, slash, and the code for this show, TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V, expressvpn.com, slash, TechRev, to learn more. Thank you. Okay, back to our panelists, Samantha B. Northart at the Pup Pals. Let's see what quote you sent me, Samantha. I'm scrolling down as fast as I can in my notes, and you sent me a quote from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince by J.K. Rowling. This is a 2009 fantasy film directed by David Yates and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures based on J.K. Rowling's 2005 novel of the same name. The film is the sixth installment in the Harry Potter film series. It follows Harry Potter's sixth year at Hogwarts. Hogwarts, as he receives, you can tell I don't know much about this. He receives a mysterious textbook. He falls in love and he attempts to receive a memory, retrieve a memory that holds the key to Lord Voldemort's downfall. And of course, Daniel Radcliffe played Harry Potter. We'll leave it at that. Here's a quote. You sort of start thinking anything's possible if you've got enough nerve. Ooh, Samantha, I like the quote. What does it have to do with our topic today? <laughs> oh, it has to do with so much, I think. Uh, the the idea of animal rescue and, and the overwhelming need for it in this country, especially, um, always seems like such an insurmountable issue. Uh, and I found that if you just really lock into something you're passionate about and see a need that you just have to start with one foot in front of the other. Just get that nerve, get going in the right direction, and start doing the most good you can as soon as you can. Um, And especially in animal rescue, when the numbers are staggering, I mean, we lose 3 million-plus animals a year in shelters, Mm. and that could be preventable if we all just got together and started one foot in front of the other with a little bit of gumption, a little bit of nerve, and start thinking that it's possible to bring that number down to zero. Um, and I do think it's possible. It's, it's To me, it's a very hopeful quote that even in the darkest times, there is light at the end of the tunnel if we all just got together and started doing something good. Thank you, Samantha. And it calls to mind, to my mind, a movie called The Parent Trap from years ago where Haley Mills <laughs> played twins, remember? One lived with one parent, one oh, with the yeah. other, and they tried to get there. And the song was, let's get together, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you just said, let's get together. There you go. Uh, this is a singing show today. Thank you. Let's move around to Neil Mayer. And Neil selected a song, a quote from Kinky Boots. I saw that on Broadway, as well as Priscilla, uh, by Cindy Lauper. And the song is Just Be. Anybody doesn't know Kinky Boots, 2013 Tony Award winner for Best Musical and Best Mu- Original Score, written by the 1980s pop icon, very much with us today. And I love her pink hair, Cindy Lauper. Everybody remember, girls just want to have fun. The closing number features the entire company with multiple solos weaving from pump funk to pop in breathtaking fashion Whoosh! the positive text encourages us all to be who we're meant to be here's the quote you can change the world if you change your mind neil how'd you pick this quote for us today uh well it's in the finale of the musical kinky boots and it sums up how when people accept people that are very different from themselves their worlds can really open up and become amazing and I relate this quote actually to pit bulls and pit mixes Hmm. uh, because I think that they are very maligned dogs uh, that a lot of people are very afraid of them. And I know that personally because 23 years ago I was doing volunteer work uh, for the Humane Society of New York and I was working a bunch of little dogs. And one day they said, okay, we want you to go in with Cassidy, this pit bull over there and take her out for a walk. And to be honest, I was terrified. I had mm. been hearing horrible things about pit bulls, and I was really nervous. And someone had to actually walk me in to get the dog out. And as I'm walking this dog, I realized, oh, my God, this is an amazing, just sweet dog. And then over the years, I wound up spending more and more times, time with pit bulls. And I have, we're now on our third pit or pit mix that we have actually lived with here. Rosie is our third one. And I realized 
how fantastic these dogs are. They just want to please. I think that if you're a terrible person and want to train the dog to do something terrible, maybe that can happen. But mm. they just want love, just like the rest of us. And so that's why I connect with this quote. You can change the world if you change your mind. Thank you. Words to live by. I want to, Lori knows I usually say I want to crochet it on the side of a pillow, so I have it. Great quote. Thank you very much. Shirley Ann Kalajian has sent us a quote from Kinky Friedman, and I knew who he was. Richard Samet Kinky, that's his nickname, Friedman, born in 1944. I get to call him a young guy. I don't know about the rest of you. Well, young guy, what can I say? American singer, songwriter, novelist, humorist, politician, defender of stray animals, and former columnist for Texas Monthly, who styles himself in the mold of popular American satirists Will Rogers and Mark Twain. And Kinky Friedman was one of two independent candidates in the 2006 election for the office of governor of Texas. He got Ah, 12.6% of the vote, came in fourth in a six-person race, but what can I tell you? He also was chosen, I don't know if you know this, Shirley Ann, he was chosen at age seven as one of 50 local chess players to challenge U.S. Grandmaster Samuel Ryshevsky to simultaneous games in Houston. Ryshevsky won all 50 games, but Friedman was by far the youngest competitor, and Friedman had a band called King Arthur and the Carrots while he was a student at the University of Texas, and they poked fun at surf music. Oh, my. Here's the quote. Money can buy you a fine dog, but only love can make him wag his tail. Shirley Ann, cool quote. How'd you find it? Um, <laughs> well, I looked on the Internet um, and until I found something that spoke to me. And um, I think it says a lot about um, adopting a pet that you might not expect, like, uh, you know, like a pit bull, a pit bull mix. Or, you know, going to, um, uh, you know, going to one of the shelters and rescues like what we did and getting some, getting an animal that you, that you had no idea you were going to get and being open to that. And um, it kind of matters more about how much love and attention you put into your animal than what kind of animal you get. Because um, what you put in, like any relationship, what you put in is what you get out of it. Very well put. Thank you very much. I love the quote, and thank you for bringing that to us. All four of you picked great quotes. We're going to Zoom, uh, no pun intended. We're not on Zoom today. We're actually on Voice America Business Channel and coming to you live. And if you're just tuning in, this is Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're talking about technology and the future of pet adoption. And I started out with the song, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? Hit a bad note in there. But you get the idea. I have four actors who are also pet lovers, pet adopters, pet advocates. And they are Laurie Hamill, Samantha B. Northart at Pup Pals, Neil Mayer, and Shirley Ann Collagen. Now we're going to dive into our predictions portion of the show. Each of my panelists graciously sent me four predictions on the topic. I'm going to read one from Lori first. Lori, take about two minutes to tell us more about what it means, and I'll pick one from Samantha, one from Neil, one from Shirley Ann, and we'll go around the table and see how much we can cover. So Lori said the following. Here's prediction number one. There will be more awareness and prevention of unwanted litters through online information. Lori, Tell us more, please. Well, there are so many uh, cats, since I'm kind of like the cat advocate here on our panel. Um, Mm -hmm. I I love cats and dogs. We just happen to have cats um, because it works out better for our lifestyle. Um, But I do love dogs as well. I would have, I would live on a farm and just have a whole bunch of animals. I just love animals. But anyway, like for instance, the place where we got our rescue animals from, for, from four animals, uh, FOR Animals Inc., um, here where, where we live is that they are so committed to making sure that there aren't these cat colonies, uh, breeding more cats so that you have more stray cats. So they go out and they, uh, are able to, get the cats so that they're fixed, so that they're not breeding and creating more, but that if a cat is feral, a lot of times you can tell a cat is feral by they have, usually have a little clip on their, one of their ears, um, mm. and you kind of want to leave that kitty alone. Like, don't go pick him up like he's a house, that kitty is a house cat. Um, but uh, to honor, like, that they are outside cats, but then to also have them spayed and neutered that they're not creating more, but that there is help for those cat colonies. So I think that 
um, sometimes people don't really know that if you have a cat colony somewhere in your neighborhood, you could call someone like Four Animals, Inc. or other uh, places and get some help so that you're not going to have a continual breeding of those mm-hmm. cats, but that they actually have food and some kind of shelter and that these organizations do help so that the kitties that are living outside still can have a good life. And Lori, thank you for that. When you say through online information, is there a place to post a picture of that? Hey, I live at, at uh, Madison Avenue and 42nd Street and, uh, well, God forbid, I live at Madison Avenue and 92nd Street and uh, here, here's a, a litter of, of feral cats and take a picture and post it somewhere. Is that something that's well, involved in this? I think that what they could do is write to, uh, like if someone's in New York City, or even they they do this nationwide, is to write to Four Animals, Inc., F-O-R-A-N-I-M-A-L-S, Inc., I-N-C, dot com, and there's a contact on their website, and you can tell them what's going on. I'm not exactly sure how it works uh, with sending in a picture, but at least you'll be talking to somebody who can help uh, mobilize this. Um, and that someone is already involved in it. And I feel like Four Animals just has a really good heart. Obviously, they're where we adopted from, so, of course, I love them, um, and I love our little kitties. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a way to get it started because if you just ignore it, it's not going to go away. Yep. Thank you, Laurie. Let's move on to Samantha. I'm looking at your prediction number two, Samantha. I want to go there. This is interesting. You Mm -hmm. say the future of microchips connected digitally to all medical records in full history with microchips being mandatory at eight weeks for, uh, expand us for me, Samantha, what kinds of pets? Is it all, all pets? Who, who puts the chips into them? Give me a background. I don't know anything about microchips, so tell sure. us. Okay, great. <laughs> so microchips are smaller than a little grain of rice, and they get inserted just around the, the shoulder blade area of uh, house cats and dogs. And they're incredibly helpful. Let's say uh, your dog is out on a walk, something spooks it, slips out of the collar and goes running. Now you can't find your pup. And yes, of course, we want to engage the neighborhood and get signs up. But if they get brought into a shelter as a lost animal, all that shelter has to do is scan the microchip and it has the information for the owner. And so you can call and say, hey, we found your animal. It's a great way to be able to uh, make sure that your pet is safe in case anything goes wrong because, you you know, you plan for the things that go wrong, not for the things that go right. And uh, what is very helpful about a microchip, too, is that you kind of get a little bit of a trace with rescue animals. Sometimes there's no real way to know what their life was prior to coming to you. Um, sometimes that's not a big issue. Sometimes it can be. And so if you have a little bit more of a background, starting when puppies are weaned from their moms or kittens are weaned from their moms and go into their, their own wonderful forever home, um, it might be a little bit more helpful, certainly, as you as they get older and you want to be more preventative in medical care or want to be able to know, for instance, when we get animals into rescue from transport, pulling from high-kill shelter areas around the country, um, oftentimes we just have whatever that rural shelter has written down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. as their medical history. Um, that can cause problems, especially if they have a, an underlying condition we're unaware of. It can be very expensive for rescues. It can put the animals through um, medical procedures or uh, treatments that they don't necessarily need to endure because they've already done it and we just don't know. And that can happen with spaying and neutering where if, um, as, as Lori mentioned, with some of the uh, trap neuter release programs for kittens, they'll either clip the tip of the ear or they'll now are doing with cats and dogs uh, a little tiny tattoo on the inside of their thigh that shows that they've already been fixed. Um, but if they could, mm. when you're intaking an animal, just scan for a microchip and have it pop up and just say, in addition to, this is the phone number for the owner, if it could say something like, neuter date, and here's when it was, you go, okay, well, I don't have to cut into this animal to try to help them. I've, I've already done that. We've already taken care of that. They're good to go and they're ready to go. And you could have things like the rabies vaccine, which is required by state law, put on there so you're not over-vaccinating. It could even include things like when their last heartworm or flea tick preventative treatment was, so you're not putting more chemicals into their body that can cause things like neurological conditions if you over-medicate. 
you know, if you do it too close to the time frame. Um, and so it's just a really great tool that already exists, but I, I really envision that becoming something that is utilized more uh, and in a more um, thorough way that allows for uh, uh, the real history of the animal. I mean, obviously, they can't tell us their story, <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. but perhaps that would give us a little bit more insight on what they've already been through, what medical issues they're working with, and, and what they've already had in terms of preventatives, and just make uh, adopters more informed adopters for the health of their fur babies. Thank you, Samantha. Now I know everything I needed to know about microchipping and everything else. I pre- I like the idea of the tattoo on the inside of the thigh. I did not know that. I have to talk yeah. to my daughter about what, what my grandpuppies have. Let's move on to Neil Mayer. Neil, I'm looking at prediction number one. I like this one. You say the number of rescue organizations will increase, resulting, I'm inserting the word happily, in animals spending less time in shelters and more in foster homes on their way to adoption. Neil, tell us how this is going to happen or where this is going to happen. Well, we can see that it already is happening. It's remarkable that during this whole COVID-19 crisis that shelters across the nation are being emptied out and people are taking in dogs as as fosters and cats and all kinds of other animals, rabbits, whatever. Um, We'll see that, uh, for example, a few years back during Hurricane Sandy, I did some rescue work with uh, the Humane Society of New York where we would go out to Long Island and get more dogs that were in overcrowded shelters there and try to bring them back to New York to to adopt out. And it wasn't quite as easy then. Now there are so many different rescue organizations like Louie's Legacy that we got Rosie through that Samantha connected us with, uh, Rebound Hounds Rescue, another fantastic local agency out there that we got our dog before. And what those dogs do is they connect through all different types of social media, uh, through Facebook, through different things on the Internet, through Instagram. They put out the, so- the stories out there. And during these last couple months, because of all this, these posts out there, people were like, yeah, you know what? It would be a good time. We have the time now. We can foster. We can take in a dog. And a lot of those fosters then move on to other homes or wind up staying with a foster, a foster fail, as Samantha called it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the wave of the future, these different groups that are going to try to get the animals out of those shelters as quickly as possible and into the homes of people that can really help them out. Thank you very much, Neil. Shirley Ann Collagen, I'm looking at your predictions. I like number two. We haven't talked about that yet. Pet training videos, Zoom dog training classes. Are they here already or is this a future wish and hope? Shirley Ann, talk to me. Um, well, I think it's probably a combination. Um, we, we had a little bit of problem with Emerald because um, she was uh, becoming, uh, leaving us presents in the morning. And uh, we came to realize that <laughs> they were not pleasant presents. Um, we came to realize that she was um, probably absorbing some of the stress that we were going through. Um, and because I, she had never had problems before, so I went and asked Dr. Uh, Dr. Internet uh, Vet about what possibly could be the problem, and, and um, with my research, they were saying, you know, it's probably, she's probably stressed and um, some things that you can do in order to, um, to help alleviate her stress, and we did it, and it seemed to have worked out. Um, I think, you know... Uh, God willing, and I'm touching wood here, um, we will not be sheltering in place for much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, you know, there are so- Zoom classes are happening all over the place. I'm teaching Zoom classes. Um, and those are a really helpful, wonderful way to connect with other people and to get information. I'm, I go to webinars. I go to all kinds of different um, uh, conferences. And I think... Uh, what a great way if if you know if we can, if we still have to continue to socially distance, we still have to take care of our furry friends. We still have mm-hmm. to train them. We still have to make sure that they're being taken care of. Um, you, uh, uh, medical uh, doctors' offices now are doing Zoom calls, um, so it's a great way to um, you know to to get information or to take classes without while being safe while maintaining a safe distance. 
Thank and, you. Um, yeah, you know, I have a, qu- a yeah. question for you, Shirley, and I want to interrupt because my question is: are, are the are the dog training etiquette, politeness, obedience? Are these for the dogs to watch and be trained? I'm sorry, I know this sounds silly, or is it for the parents to get training and how to train the dogs? Because I know my dogs can't see me on social media; they can't see me on a FaceTime call. They look at the screen and they're not able to hone in on my face. They don't know it's me. So. What, what's the tech? Right. Is the technology for the parent, for the humans, or for the pets? I am curious. I would say pretty much um, any dog trainer will tell you they are training the parents. Okay, <laughs> <They are laughs> thank tra- you. Because yes, because we do. Uh, I we have a friend who's a dog trainer, and uh, you know the dog trainer can train the dog, but if the parents are not trained, then once the dog goes back home, then everybody falls back into their same old bad yeah. habits. So absolutely, it is to train to train the parents. Thank you very much. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to ask because I, I, we go through this every time we FaceTime or do a Zoom call. Thank you. Laurie, let's go around the table. We have a little bit time left. I'm looking at your prediction number three and four, and they overlap. So I'm going to read them together. You say there will be more awareness of rescue animal adoptions through the use of the Internet, and you say people will be using social media to highlight animal rescue and fostering, and this will continue to help getting animals into forever homes. So uh, is this something that's already here, Laurie? Do you think there will be need to be some training by organizations like Four Animals Inc., the one you use in teaching people how to, what, post pictures of the rescue uh, pets? Or what do you think? Well, I think that, uh, I think it's just going to increase. I think it's like really something that can go hand in hand um, with moving forward uh, to help. The, I mean, if the goal is to get unwanted pets into forever homes, then that goal, I believe, is being facilitated by the use of social media. Now, part of it is because who can resist a cute animal um, on social media anyway? You see, you're seeing these, oh, these beautiful cats, oh, these beautiful dogs, a, a parrot, as Neil brought up, a rabbit. Um, but, you know, you're seeing these animals, and they, they, I think that even through social media, even though there's that barrier there uh, that you're not seeing them in person, there's something that warms your heart when you see them. And I think so that in particular, like how many pet uh, stories we have already on the Internet, but then combined with information about, and we need fosters for cats and dogs and mm-hmm. animals that need a home right now. Uh, and I think also just people putting out their personal stories of their love for their fur babies. Um, it helps, I think, to connect in other people what they might be able to do or want a, a need that they may have that will get fulfilled by having a companion um, in their home. And especially now when we are all dealing mm-hmm. with isolation, um, having Sometimes I just feel like having this energy in the in the house where there's a, a, a little animal that is running through from one room to another, and it almost like breaks up the energy, if you will. Um, so I just think it's, I just really think it is already happening now. It will go hand in hand. And I believe that awareness, um, especially through friends on different social media platforms, helps to uh, maybe spark an interest in somebody without, oh, I never thought of that before. Oh, they need my helper. I could just do it temporarily to foster boy, isn't that cool? And that all happens because of our interconnectedness, even during this time of isolation. Thank you, Laurie. I love the way you put that. Samantha B. Northart, let's look at prediction number four. This is something we haven't covered, I don't believe. National Registry Background Mm -hmm. Web Access for Mm -hmm. Do Not Adopt, Do Not Abuse, Do Not Neglect to Protect Animals Nationwide Using Constantly Updated Internet Technology. Samantha, take about two minutes because we're getting short on time here. And What does this all mean? Yeah, so uh, that's actually a big problem in this country is uh, abuse, neglect. It's part of the rescue network. That is the sad part, unfortunately. But um, what happens is because there's no connection between the states and all of the legislature for anti-abuse and anti-neglect laws are state uh, laws. They're not national laws. What happens is you could have somebody who has less say, a fighting ring, which um, I know can be a, a specifically simple faced 
uh, issue um, because they are, as Neil mentioned, very smart, very loyal, and sometimes that's unfortunately to the wrong people. But when you're talking about a rescue community, the goal is to stop those things from happening, to shut down things like fighting rings or to shut down the hoarding situation where you find uh, 50, 60, 70 animals on a property in, in very bad conditions. And a lot of rescue time is devoted to those kinds of situations. Um, and so if we had a national registry where if you are convicted of, of uh, animal abuse or mm-hmm. extreme neglect, you were put on a do-not-adopt list, it would prevent somebody from being able to go one state over and adopt from a local shelter another sweet, loving animal that just wants a forever home and put them into harm's way again. Mm. It would reduce the number of animals that need to go into rescue for such sad reasons, and it would allow the rescue community to focus on, uh, for instance, the person who sadly might need to go into assisted living and needs a space for their animal yep. to be, and and we can focus on that and greatly, greatly reduce the number of animals who um, don't get a forever home once they go into a shelter because the rescue resources are more available. And that's one of the beautiful things of technology is, is to be able to have this nationwide network that anyone could access in, in the blink of an eye and to be able to find out if, if somebody has maybe not the best of intentions and prevent an animal from going into a bad situation. So I think that really is going to be the direction we go as more people become aware of what's going on with animals in this country and, and trying to be an advocate for them and seeing what uh, what wonderful love givers they are. Furry balls of love. (laughs) Thank you, Samantha. I love that. We're very short on time. I want to hit two more predictions quickly. Neil, I'm looking at number three. Uh, Surely I touched on this briefly, but it's in your list too. So telemedicine will become a very common veterinary practice. How do you have a dog hold still or a cat so that the vet can look at them on telemedicine? Neil, give me about a 90 second answer, please. Uh, I think it can definitely be done. I actually uh, train medical students for different places like Columbia or Cornell on how to use telemedicine, uh, Zoom conference calls, talking to humans. Mm. But it's going to be happening with vets also, Uh, Uh especially during this particular time. You can't bring your animal into a vet. If you do, you're standing outside. A a vet tech comes and gets your animal and brings it in. And then I've been standing outside outside talking to the vet, talking through different things. Like I would send questions in and we talk mm. through it. I think eventually this is going to develop into being a Zoom call. We're going to say, my dog has this particular problem. I've noticed this in the stool or whatever is happening. Talking through, they may tell you to like lift up the, 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 the lips. They may ask you to do a few different things when you can't get in. And I think it's just going to be the wave of the future. You obviously are going to have to go in for certain things. Sure. But on certain questions, it's going to be easy to do it on Zoom. Thank you very much. And one more, Shirley, and we're going to squeeze in, and then I have to start closing out and do all my gratitude shout-outs. So, number four, Shirley, and just take 60 seconds, please. Pet food. You say pet owners will be able to put in data about their pet and get the perfect food plan for that pet. Shirley, in 60 seconds, what are you seeing here? Um, well, I think it's wishful thinking on my part, and maybe it's already happening. Um, but, you know, we all all have to do trial and error in terms of what our pets can eat and what they can eat. And especially with my dog, who has a very sensitive stomach, we've had to do a lot of trial and error. And I think it would be really wonderful if we could, I don't know, maybe do a blood test or something and send it in and have somebody uh, who you know, much smarter than me, uh, input it and then spit back. Here's the perfect meal plan for your dog so that she, you know, she lives a long, healthy life. So I think that's wishful thinking on my part. Well, I like it. I like the wishful thinking. I think that's a good direction, and maybe somebody will get inspired to. They'll call you up, Shirley and Kalaji, and they're going to say, hey, Shirley, I love your idea. Let's get together, and let's talk to Samantha about Pup Pals. Let's see if we can put this all together. So if we you came back on in a year, it might be something we could talk about. I have a, Thank you for that. I have a quick call to action repeat for our special sponsor today, ExpressVPN. I already told you what they do, what they're all about. So protect your online activity today with the VPN we trust to secure our privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash techrev. Yes, I'll spell it again. And you get an extra three months free. Who doesn't love that on a one-year package? So it's E X. 
P-R-E-S-S-V as in Victor, P as in Paul, N as in Nancy, VPN.com slash TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. That's short for Technology Revolution, the show. ExpressVPN.com slash TechRev to learn more. And I have a special thank you, Lori Hamill. You just keep delivering for me, lady. I had you get me get me some people on my Monday night radio show, and there they were, and here you are. I think this is your second time on Technology Revolution, and I'm so grateful that you, you have confidence in my, my abilities as a broadcaster to bring your good friends here. So thank you for the introduction to Samantha B. Northart, for the introduction to Neil Mayer, and for the introduction to Shirley Ann Collegian. Laurie, what's going on with you? Anything special you want to say to your friends for being here. I'll give you 60 seconds before we wrap. Well, first of all, what a wonderful group. Thank you so much, Shirley Ann, Samantha, and Neil, uh, for your heartfelt, beautiful information. And I just want to just say to all of us, uh, you know, let's hang together and go through this. It's a lot uh, easier when you have a furry pet friends. So if you're thinking about that, please look into some of these organizations you've heard about today. Um, and also to, of course, you know, just be patient with yourself and with each other. And uh, I look forward to when we can get back to what we should call real life. <laughs> but I'm really happy to be here today. And thank you, Bonnie, so much for trusting me to bring my beautiful friends to uh, your format. And I'm so happy to be here. My pleasure. I really appreciated all the work you all put into it. And I want to do a shout out to all of your furry friends and tell them, I, I won't say Grandma Bonnie because I only have two grand puppies. I'll say Aunt Bonnie says hello. Meow, meow, woof, woof to whoever, whatever the language is. So I'm going to say a shout out to Ryan Treasure, my co-producer at World Talk Radio, Voice America. He's the VP of Voice America Radio and always does a wonderful job. Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire. He's a young man, but he's got nerves of steel and he's old, wise beyond his years after working with me on so many shows. I appreciate that. Thank you again to Lori Hamill, to Samantha B. Northart of Pup House, to Neil Mayer and Shirley and Collagen find them somewhere if they're in a show in a play in a TV show and you could say I heard them on Bonnie's radio show isn't that a wonderful thing so to our listeners I hope you're being safe I hope you're being smart we know that states and cities and and communities are reopening think twice before you get bold and daring and think about protecting yourself and the people around you and especially those you love so be smart be safe be well thank you for tuning in to technology revolution the future of now and remember if somebody tells you the future is already here that was yesterday's future it doesn't have too much to do with us we can make the future of today the future of now because it didn't happen yet so you're all an important part of it do something do something good bonnie d graham signing off have a great day bye bye when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network <laughs>